Listener discretion is advised. Hey everyone, welcome to a holiday special of I Should Totally Be Dead Right Now, where we tell true stories of survivors of true crime, natural disasters, and everything else in between. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> I like that pause. I was seeing that you are going to gear up to do something. I was, and then I, like, deer in headlights, and then I got ran over, and uh, so the ho, ho, ho came. Merry Christmas. Uh, and happy holidays. That's right. And, uh, Season's fucking greetings. <laughs> I mean, yes, it's uh, Christmas in like Christmas Eve in four days and then Christmas in five days when this Ugh, comes out. So What is happening? I don't know. But we exchanged gifts and Michelle dominated this year. Yeah, I did. Yeah, Ugh. I did. I knew it. The second I saw, I I found her a Kate Spade Alice in Wonderland purse. Oh my gosh. That I didn't pay full price for. <laughs> <laughs> We love a good discount. Oh, I know. It almost makes the present even better. Right? In my opinion. Absolutely. No, I saw that and I was like, uh, this is Caitlin like in a purse. And what did I get you? A fucking shirt. No. You know, it is a good one. It says Hearthstoneer. Because <laughs> I play Hearthstone like an insane person. Uh, and I'm also a stoner. You know. I, it's more fun when you have to explain it. <laughs> and then Five Farms, you know. Oh, of course. Can't go wrong. Oh, should we take like a quick pause and go take a little little shot of? We can take another one. Yeah, we did break it open. Okay, hold on. All right, here's cheers to the holidays. The holiday special. And Michelle beating me. Good job. Yes, I will take a shot to that. Mm. I mean, I did get you last year. You can't beat the mug, but this year, whew, girl. It's still my favorite mug. Like, and Joel knows it, too. So... <laughs> so funny. If he's trying to be nice... Yeah. Or, like, super loving, then I get the the cool Epcot mug with uh-huh. the yellow inside, which is, of course, the one you got me. Right, exactly. But when he's trying to be a little bit sassy, mm-hmm. if you will... He'll use it like a motherfucker and then right give me some, you. like, random mug that's, like, not even Disney and then sip it very clearly in my face. Terrible. <sighs> Terrible. Marriage. That's what it's all about. <laughs> Well, since it's the holidays, uh, what are we drinking? Michelle did a lot of work on this drink. So what is it, Michelle? Well, and probably all the phlegm in the back of my throat <laughs> tells right. you we made eggnog. Ooh. <laughs> and, she made it from scratch, man. Yeah. And actually, this is like a really quick down and dirty version that is super delicious, makes it seem like you did a lot of work, mm. when in fact maybe you didn't do as much work oh. as everyone thinks. Okay, okay. So this one is actually uncooked. I knew we were going to be eating it like right now. Uh-huh. So if you're going to be saving it, I would definitely recommend a cooked version of it where you actually like cook the milk and put in egg yolks and everything but this one so you beat the egg yolks with a whole bunch of sugar Mm -hmm. and then it just becomes this sort of frothy loveliness pale yellow and then you uh just fold in milk and cream and then boom you have your like base for eggnog and then you uh just add some egg whites that you've whipped into like stiff peaks with a little bit of sugar and you fold that in and do you're done so yep. this is raw egg you're giving me? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. The look of horror on your face. I just, I, I guess this is I should first, have you know? shared that with you ahead no, of time. No, it's fine. I mean, it's delicious, but I feel like <laughs> they're, Rocky now. They're you know? very fresh eggs. They got bought this morning. 
Thank you. You're like, I hate you. I hate everything I just, about you. No, I... <laughs> I mean, it makes sense, eggnog, but I didn't know raw. Okay, yeah. But what it's you delicious. can do, it's good. like yes. I said, is you can um, you can cook the milk uh-huh. and then you temper it with the egg yolks and that sort of cooks it. But you have to do, and then you need to cool it down overnight and all this stuff and, you know, well, who had what, time for that? <laughs> what's the alcohol in it? Okay. Caitlin found, Ooh. yeah, she was like, what's the alcohol in yeah. it? Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I'm not about to take credit for the most amazing alcohol ever. <laughs> No, as it turns out, there's this uh, eggnog-ready booze that is a combination of rum and brandy. Mm-hmm. It's called White Christmas, and it goes into the eggnog amazing. Mm-hmm. So for every three cups of eggnog, I put a cup of booze in. Woo! So, but you can't even hardly taste it. Oh, no. It's very tasty. Like... It, like, just cuts the sweetness just enough. Yeah. And... You can taste the booze, but it's not overpowering. It's, I don't know. It's, like, not as, um, like, the carton of eggnog. Like, that's, you can taste, like, that's egg. Yeah. And this one's very light and, uh, I don't know. It's, it's light tasty. and frothy. Yeah. And, yeah, it is pretty tasty. And I do think you need the booze because it is super sweet. Otherwise, right. like, exactly. maybe if you're going to do non-alcoholic, I'd probably add some more milk just mm. to sort of cut it a little bit. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's really good, really easy, and mm. super delicious. We got cute little glasses. And you get to scare your friends when you tell them after <laughs> they drink true. it all that it's all raw eggs. <laughs> Yummy. Thanks, girl. Mm. You're the worst. Delicious. Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I figured you can handle it. You're I young. Can. Ish. There. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. I know. All right, let's jump into it. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. So okay. Christmas story number one. Christmas story number one. So this story is about Rajiv Party. Okay. Uh, again, we always apologize if we say it incorrectly, but I looked up how to say it, so... Well, and we're probably going to be clearing our throats a lot. We did just drink a lot of eggnog. Yeah. So And Five Farms, which is also dairy, so... Yeah. Dairy, dairy, and booze. You love to, you love to hear it. All right. So it is 2008, mm. and Rajiv is chief of anesthesiology... Okay. Okay. Nailed it. Thank you. Anesthesiology. Yep. Thank you. At Bakersfield Heart Hospital in California. Ah. So. Oh. <laughs> I don't know where that was. So prestige. <laughs> so he was born and raised in India and attended attended medical school in New Delhi. Okay. Uh, he had a dream about becoming a monk because he was really inclined towards spiritual activities. So he went to the Himalayas, but the Swami that's there, uh, sent him back to finish his education. So he okay. was like... So they're like, not yet, man. Yeah. Not quite a monk. Mm-hmm. Go finish your education and then maybe return after yeah. that. Is that yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he finishes his education and he now has a medical degree. He oh, came damn. to the U.S. in 1982 and he left his spiritual part, like, back in India. Okay. Maybe hope to return to yeah. it one day, or mm-hmm. is he done with it forever? Well, now that he has this medical degree, he kind of feels a little powerful. Like, you know, he's... I'm going to get out there good. and yeah. kill it in the world. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he had two residencies. Uh, one was in pedi- pediatrics, but then that was not satisfying him, especially in the financial department. Oh, he's looking to make some... Mm. That dollar dollar bill. The dollar dollar bills. So I like to make that dollar dollar bill. I get it. You want to say it one more time? Dollar dollar bills. I get it. I love them. Give them to me. So he changed to anesthesia and became a 
cardiatric anesthesiologist. I don't think you quite nailed it, but it's close enough. It's close enough. People understand me (laughs) by now, I hope. My understanding is that is the highest paid medical profession. The anesthesiologists are making the boot go bust. Well, because you're responsible for so much. I mean, you do it wrong and that person is dead is my understanding. That's very true. So. That's a very sounds very stressful. I don't think I could do that. No. I mean, I couldn't be a nurse or doctor anyways. That's too much pressure on me. Yeah. If I misdiagnose or uh, I couldn't even do a little something wrong and yeah. Yeah. Forget it. I can't pronounce the words. I'd be in trouble. Well, I don't know why I picked this story if I have to keep saying this word that I came <laughs> into. Anyways, so he was at Nashville, Tennessee, and then he moved to Bakersfield, California to be closer to his sister. Okay. So success and money really motivated him. And his happiness became very materialistic. Oh. He got married. He had three kids. And they lived in an 11,000 square foot mansion. Oh. And he had several luxury cars like Hummers, BMWs. And he wow. felt very important and even invincible. I was like, hmm, maybe I should have married Rajiv. <laughs> <laughs> so... He was kind of living a selfish life, and he even stated, my life was just about me. It was selfish. I didn't care about my wife's or my kids or even my patient's feelings. Can I, can we pause there for a second? Did you say my wives, like, Like, as in multiple, or my wife's feelings? Like, my wife's feelings. Okay, just Like, my wife's, my kids, and my patient's feelings. Oh, okay. Sorry, I was like, damn, (laughs) this guy's a vulgar. All right, sorry, go ahead. Which is like, one wife. <laughs> I'll be a third wife. It's okay. <laughs> so it's now August of 2008, and Rajiv is diagnosed with prostate cancer. Oh, dear. He had a routine surgery, which eradicated the cancer, but it led to complications that left him incontinent and in a lot of pain. Mm. He did get some pain meds, uh, but then he became addicted to them. Oh, God. And then he was soon diagnosed with depression. Oh, of course. Are yeah. you serious? So he was going through this for like a few years. Oh. And it was December 14th, 2010, when Rajiv went to the UCLA Medical Center to fix the overwhelming suffering that he's oh, now. been caused oh. after so long. So he was getting an artificial urinary sphincter. Okay, so he was going to beat the incontinence is kind of what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. But this led to a severe infection. Oh my gosh, he's just not having a good time anywhere. He had heavy antibiotics prescribed, but it was still not improving. Oh no. So Rajiv was rushed back to the UCLA Medical Center with 104 to 105 degree fever on Christmas Eve. Oh my gosh. He underwent emergency surgery to drain the pelvic region of infection and remove the artificial sphincter. Oh. Right? I know. 20 minutes into the surgery, Rajiv found himself floating near the ceiling. Oh, dear. His consciousness had separated from his body. (sighs) Do you see the goosebumps (laughs) I I just got? Oh, my goodness. He said he could see the surgeon cut into him, and then all the personnel in the room react to the odor of the pus from his infected abdomen. Oh, But then also watch them struggling to save him. Oh. I know. I'm like, He then drifted towards familiar voices in India where he could hear his mother and sister talking about dinner preparations. What? That's wild. I know. They were deciding on rice, veggies, yogurt, and legumes. Mm. Rajiv became euphoric that people were 
never far away, and he had the sense of his presence spreading around the world and feeling oneness with the world and everyone in it. <gasps> God. <laughs> but then fear overcame him as he went to a place where a great wildfire was raging. He could see lightning and dark clouds and the smell of odor of burning meat. It was hell. Oh, I was like, was it Oregon on fire? <laughs> Did he come to Oregon? <laughs> That's what I thought. We're always raging with wildfires, no. it seems like. No, he was... Oh, so he, like, rock and roll down to yep. the underworld, if you will. And he quickly started to reflect on his life. Mm. What did he do in his life to deserve this fate? But his life was really materialistic, and his life was all about him, and he would even ask himself, when meeting someone new, what can I get from this person? Oh, mm. The life he was living on earth was without love. He did not practice compassion or forgiveness toward himself or others. Mm. You need to, I feel, can I just interject really quickly? That those are the things that you need to give yourself, I think, almost more than other people. And then you can share Mm. them with other people. Like, I think learning to forgive yourself and learning to have compassion Mm. with yourself is so extremely difficult. Right. Absolutely. I agree. It's like almost you need to forgive yourself more than... Forgiving others because mm-hmm. I feel like through forgiving yourself, you're you gonna, can forgive. Others. Yeah, you're just naturally going to forgive others. I definitely um, agree with that. Yeah. I think people need to take care of themselves better. Yeah, I think that there's needs to be more self care, self love. Yeah, it's like we're amazing. Mm-hmm. We're incredible spiritual beings. Exactly. Like oh, let it shine. Yeah. All right, I'm done. Sorry. Back Beautiful. to regime. So this hellish realm was more like a mix of, like, Hindu and Christian mix, which is called, like, Norak. Mm, I've never heard know. that. Then he met Michael, the archangel, and his Nailed dead it. father. His father was abusive to him as a boy, but showed oh, up... Oh, Rajiv's dead father. Yeah. I thought we were talking about the angel Michael's dead father, and I was like... Mm, oh! I don't know if he's dead. No, no, no. no. According no. to, you know... No, no, no. Rajiv's father. Okay, sorry. <laughs> and he was abusive to him as a boy, but showed up when Rajiv was crying in the darkness. Oh. So his dad appears. His father walked him down a tunnel of light, which was akin to the light of a thousand suns, but still pleasant to the eyes. Oh. The meeting made him realize that his father loved him and cared for him, but could not express it and was able to forgive him. Oh my so. God, I have goosebumps <laughs> all again, <laughs> Caitlin. So meeting with the guardian angel gave his life a new direction and they taught him consciousness-based medicine, which focuses on forgive, love, and heal. Oh my God. Hi. I Welcome know. Welcome to my whole life. <laughs> That's exactly. I need to go see him now. So all this happening, him realizing his materialistic lifestyle, meeting his father, seeing hell, he kind of reflects on everything and been like, wow, I need to change my life mm. pretty much. So... After going through all this, Rajiv actually returned to his body and survived the surgery. Oh, my goodness. And they did it all in one night. (laughs) Get it? Yes. (laughs) So dumb. Good job. He saw his future and decided that's not what he wanted. He says the person who went into surgery was not the same person who came out of it. Christmas! They did it all. Okay, sorry. You nailed it. Thank you. I... (laughs) His priorities changed dramatically. He downsized his house to a more modest uh, one and swapped a few of his cars for a Toyota hybrid. Oh, that's what I have. See? We're on the same page. 
He states, I am not living a poor life now, but I'm not a materialistic-minded man I used to be. My life literally went from Hummer to a hybrid, but everything in balance is good. It's more like Buddha's middle path. So he left the... So he left his career, actually, oh, wow. to study holistic paths toward healing the mind, body, and spirit. Hmm. So he kind of went back to his spiritual activities. Yeah. You know, he left it in America. Wow. <laughs> I know. God, that's all. Anyway. Uh, he states, people will be skeptic as I can only tell them what my experience was and whether you believe it or not. It's your choice. There is no chemical way or a machine through which I can measure God. Spiritual experiences are very subjective experiences. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he probably maybe discounted them, you know, mm -hmm. back in his days as an anesthesiologist or, right. you know, and then he experienced it himself and he's like, oh my God. Kind of, it's a really eye-opening experience when you go through like a near-death experience. And I know, part of me kind of wants to, I don't want to. But part of me kind of wants to just to Experience. like, yeah, I mean, we've talked about people who have so died and kind of gone to the other side. Mm -hmm. And what a, like, most of the time, this is the first like hell story we've yeah. heard. Um, but it always just seems so welcoming and right. loving and embracing. And, and different each time, though. Yeah, that is true. I mean, everyone experienced something different, but it's all around love and peace and stuff. So yeah. I'm like, that sounds great. Unless you're materialistic and then yeah, you know then you may uh poor hmm. guy's gotta go check out the other side right. oregon uh <laughs> <laughs> totally was like oh i know we get a lot of wildfires oh my gosh that was my first thought he wrote a book called dying to wake up where he goes into detail about his experience mm. He has now written dozens of books about the subject, and he is consistently in contact with near-death experience researchers, as well as those who have had experiences themselves. Oh. Their stories may eventually answer mankind's greatest question, what happens after we die? Mm. And that's interesting. Like you said, we've talked about, well, this is a survival podcast, so a lot of people are near death most of the time. Yeah. So, it's really interested to see everyone's perspective and their experiences. But again, it, it all really boils down to peace, love, and yeah, forgiveness. Oneness. Wellness. <laughs> and forgiveness, forgiveness, yes. wellness. So I think what we're saying is be good. That's be right. nice <laughs> to yourself and others. Forgive others. Have compassion with yourself. Yeah. All that good stuff. Absolutely. So I think when people get a little, uh, they see a something. A glimpse they, of the future. What could be and they don't like it. It's like, yeah, it's an eye opener. It's like, hey, you have a bunch of cool stuff now, but down the road, you're going to be alone in Oregon burning. And I just can't get, sorry, I can't get over Nailed that. It. So funny. Uh, you brought it all together. Full circle. Full Caitlin, circle. Like a wreath. Oh. Beautiful. Oh my God, we need to not talk about Christmas anymore. I yeah, know, right. We're sorry. <laughs> yeah, right. We'll talk about just, all we want. I just thought it was an interesting story because it really kind of was like Charles Dickens' uh, A Christmas Carol. Well, know? I do. It's, but it's like real life. Yes. No, that's awesome. And I kind of wish we had told my story first because oh. yours is much more Christmas miracle-y type, which is what I'm always looking for. Right. So, and yours anyway. what is... Not maybe less of a Christmas okay, miracle than we were hoping for. Well, you know what? We have one, and that's yeah. all we need for a Christmas miracle. We just well, need a glimpse. Your story's gonna be great. Let's just yeah, let's just dig okay, in. Let's, let's just, just hear it. enough of all this. So I am actually also taking us back to 2008. Are you serious? I am serious. 2008 says it right there, and Ooh. we are in 
Canada. Oh, okay. And during this time, a week before Christmas in 2008, Canada was experiencing a massive apocalyptic snowstorm. Oh. So it was... Bad. Bad. So, yeah. Bad, bad, bad. So we're actually in Ontario. And we are talking about Donna Molnar. Okay. So she's a 55-year-old housewife. And she really wanted to bake cookies that day. So, and, well... Who doesn't? In this article, so this is what they say. We assume it was cookies because that's the only reason a sane person would venture out of the house in this weather. So. Oh, she was so wanting to bake cookies so much that she ventured out into the snow. Yeah, which actually turns out it seems to be a reason that this reporter maybe made up. So we'll kind of come to that later. Okay. And my further. So you can make your own. I had to, I did some further investigation oh. into this story. So, okay. We'll talk later. Oh. So, she went out to buy baking supplies, and that was the last time her family saw her for three days. Whoa. Mm-hmm. So, the police were notified that she didn't return home from her shopping trip, and they had found her abandoned car in a rural parking lot. So, they're like, what the heck? What happened to her? So the search is on for Donna in even in the middle of this raging snowstorm. And they kind of just assumed it was essentially a certainty that she was not going to be found alive. I mean, this is a crazy snowstorm. Storm. Okay. It's super cold outside. They figure she's probably buried under a heap of snow somewhere. Oh, I mean, yeah. Oh my gosh. So eventually, miraculously, it turned out that Everyone was half right. Oh. So it turns out that there was a dog named Ace that did eventually find Donna, and she was buried under three feet of snow <gasps> in a field. A field? And But the twist is, is that she was completely alive and conscious, despite temperature, like her body temperature having fallen to 86 degrees. Holy cow. So, I mean, as you know, we're normally around 96, 90, yeah. to, you know, or 98 degrees, excuse me. So she is full 12 degrees below normal, which is just not good. And she's conscious and just chilling? Yeah, she's kind of huddled. So she was, she later explained that she had collapsed while trying to help a snowplow blocked, uh, blocked by a car. And so it sounded like she fell and then she sort of got cocooned in all this snow almost immediately no one found her, but she was able to kind of stay in this semi-not-frigid little cocoon that kept her from not like dying. Like an igloo type thing. Yeah, kind okay. of like an igloo. It probably actually, yeah, radiated the heat off of the sides of, the, of her little hole, I guess, right. for a better way to put it. So she was uh, immediately taken to the hospital. Yeah. And she was treated for hypothermia and frostbite. And she eventually pulled through on Christmas Eve. Oh! Just in time, uh, what it says here is the magic time when death waves his hands and goes, oh, get out of here, you knucklehead. I'll get you next time. That's what it says. Anyway. And it says that she woke up and essentially apologized for almost freezing to death. So that was um, one version Uh of this story. And then I was doing kind of, I was looking for more little, because there's not a whole lot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, fleshing it out a little Mm -hmm. bit more. And I saw that she sued somebody after this. And I was like, what the heck is going on? And so I did a little bit more research. And actually turns out this whole story is far more maybe sinister than we thought. Oh. So, 
So what had happened is she actually left the house to commit suicide. <gasps> and so what? she left fully intending, apparently she had had some mental health issues. Uh-huh. And the reason that they were suing, uh, turns out she was suing um, for $12.5 million because she felt like the doctors, or maybe her and her husband felt like, they had ignored her mental health issues, like her calls for help. Oh. And hadn't actually, because she had tried to commit suicide before this. As it oh. turns out, like two other times. Oh my god! I know, poor thing. And actually, they had to ended up amputating her arms and her legs. What? Because her, or at least her hands. Okay. And her, Trying and, to keep warm, they keep the yeah. So she internal, ended up with frostbite okay. and ended up with some brain damage. So she is doing better now. Okay. But she is still suffering um, some because she ended up having while in the hospital, mm-hmm. also some seizures and had a stroke. <gasps> and so she has some mental, some brain damage yeah. from the whole ordeal and actually has quite a bit of physical issues from the oh. whole ordeal. So, and they settled with her. It didn't say... The, How much? Yeah, it didn't mm. disclose any of that, but it did sound like they did take some responsibility for the negligence of her mental health. Oh my and, gosh. Yeah. They, at least she still got to... With her Christmas with her family, but yeah, that took a little bit of a turn. So yeah. I apologize. No, I mean Christmas it's... miracle side. <laughs> you know what? Honestly, during the holidays, that's when people's mental health is pretty much the worst. Yeah. they say so. It's a hard time for a lot of people. It can be very lonely and isolating during that right. time. It's cold out. Ugh. Just I know it's super. A lot of pressure to be a certain way and. Well, just know there's support groups and suicide hotline. I know. There's Thank always you, someone. <laughs> there's always someone to talk to, though. There is always someone that you can talk to. So, just know you're never alone. Um, just listen to this podcast. Too. I know, and we'll you be matter. What you matter, darn it, and just forgive you yourself. Matter. Forgive yourself. That's what it comes down to. Forgive yourself yeah. and take care of yourself. God, I'm sorry. No, this is no, this is good. Like I said, you're shedding a light on an actual real problem. So. Yeah. Well, and I think, unfortunately, she just asked for help and didn't get the help she wanted or needed. I don't know who this writer is to say that she's going out for cookies. Yeah. I mean, that's... Like, no fact-checking there. Yeah, right? (laughs) Like, I don't think anyone wants cookies that bad. I I mean, to go out into, like, a really bad storm, but... Wow. Okay. Okay. Uh, Anyway. I don't know how to end this now. Uh, (laughs) Ho, ho, ho. (laughs) Give your family some extra hugs and love. That's right. And uh, good thing I give Caitlin a good present because (laughs) she's got to edit this thing. All right, everyone. So uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Try this eggnog recipe. It's very delicious. Uh, It will be up on our Instagram soon. Uh, Sorry, I surprised you with the raw eggs. No, it's fine. It was delicious. (laughs) I was I was surprised. So raw eggs. I had no idea. The look on your ever effing face <laughs> was the best. Uh, well, uh, yeah. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook. I should totally be dead right now, and we'll see you. Is it? It's gonna be New Year's. It's Is gonna it? Be, uh, Girl, that can't be right. Yeah, it's gonna be. We'll be back on January third. <gasps> Yeah. 2022. We'll be here in 2022. Oh my god, that's the future, guys. It is the future. So we'll see you next year. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) All right, goodbye. Merry Christmas. Oh, oh, oh.